Welcome to the God Story Radio broadcast with Chaplain Lynn. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. Good afternoon. This is Chaplain Lynn. God's Story is a ministry outreach about our great, caring God being seen in and throughout His people's lives. Many say, does God care about me? Does He see what I'm going through? Does He know me personally? God's Story tells of His great love for people like you and me. The greatest demonstration of His love is His precious Son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross of Calvary for our sins. The veil between God and mankind has been torn open. Be encouraged as you listen to today's testimony from a changed life right here in the Miami Valley. I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and His This is Chaplain Lynn with Renee Ray. She has a wonderful testimony to share with you today. She was a quadriplegic who was miraculously healed by Jesus Christ. Her testimony will encourage your faith in knowing that our great God is a God who heals. I met Renee at the Hamilton Aglow in Hamilton, Ohio. The Hamilton Aglow meets in the Mix and Mingle Room at the First Presbyterian Church at 23 Front Street, Hamilton. They meet the first Saturday of every month at nine o'clock. Aglow meetings consist of various speakers sharing what our powerful God has done in their lives. This month, they are focusing on celebrating the military. Women and men are both welcome. Renee, what a pleasure to have you with us today. Please begin to tell us your wonderful testimony. Well, thank you for having me today. Um, I will um, just thank you for the honor of being here. Uh, again, my name is Renee. Um, I'll start by sharing that I am working on my book, Faith to Walk on Water, and it uh, should be done here hopefully by the end of the month. And um, I'll first start by sharing, you know, people talk about my wonderful testimony and what God's done for me, but um, I will start by saying I was saved when I was eight years old. And uh, my sister, Melody, is the one that led me to the Lord. And um, how, old, how old is your sister, Melanie, at that time? Uh, she was, I was eight, so she was 17. Oh, praise the Lord. So, yes. Um, she asked me if I was saved, and I didn't know what she meant, what mm-hmm. she was talking about. And she uh, proceeded to tell me the plan of salvation. And what Jesus had done for us on the cross, and it sounded like the most wonderful thing on the in the whole world to me. And um, it's a day that you know you know when you're saved when it's something that's a it's a day that marks your life and it's something that you never forget. And 
you know, even recently, I, you know, in writing the book, I've, I've asked her if she remembers that. And it's something we both never forget um, that day. And uh, so, you know, people talk about miracles and signs and wonders, but I think salvation needs to be something that people really need to take and realize how, you know, salvation is most important. Knowing you're going to heaven, knowing for eternity that the Lord has saved you um, is so important. So I, I want to start out talking that um, the fact that Jesus went to the cross, died for us, uh, and rose again, that knowing that we have life eternal with him is the most important thing that he's done for us. So I was eight when I got saved. Um, this was about a year before I got hurt and was injured. Um, I was an avid uh, sports player when I was younger. I played baseball with the boys. I played basketball with the boys. And I was on a select soccer team and got hurt playing soccer. We were in a tournament and I was playing goalie on this particular day. And I slid to keep the ball from going into the goal. And I rammed my right leg into the goal post. And in doing so, I uh, injured my right leg to the point that the doctors uh, wanted my mom and dad to uh, consider amputation. How did you, how traumatic was this injury to you as a little girl? I mean, as you went through it and you rammed your leg and the paramedics came right away and took you to the hospital. Um, and and how, what were you feeling then? It was, I remember, um, and I go into a lot more of it into the book, but I remember um, when it first happened, um, the game was happening so fast. I tried to get back up. I tried to pull myself back up on the goalpost, and they were trying to go on with the game, but I, um, I couldn't, I couldn't walk. And uh, my coach, he realized that something was wrong, so he came over to me. And he wanted to take me out of the game. And I told him, no, I wanted to finish playing the game. Oh, my goodness. And um, he said, he said, um, Renee, you can't walk. And those words hit me in the gut. Yes. And go on from there. Then what happened? So um, he, he, he told me he was taking me out of the game. And they took me to the sidelines. And that's when... Um, they had to cut off all my gear off my leg and my shoe. And that's when they took me to the hospital and, um, you know, things moved kind of quickly from there, you know, that determining what was wrong with my leg and whatever. So, um, but you know, I was at first determined that I was still going to try to keep playing, even though I knew, you know, but you know, when first you're playing, you have all that adrenaline. Yeah. And I was, you didn't realize what had really happened. I mean, I, I think, how bad it was. I think in my heart I did, but I was, you know, you, you know, you get in this, deni- people get in denial. Yes. And, um. So you couldn't move anything. I could, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't use my leg and I couldn't walk, but I tried to stand up by the goalpost and I was just standing there. I couldn't follow the game and they knew that my coach knew, um, that I wasn't following. He knew something was wrong. And, um, so he took me out and they got me to the hospital and. Um, so again, they, they were, 
things, you know, didn't happen all right away. They, but it, it got to the point where they wanted to amputate my leg. And, and again, I was an avid, they were scouting me to play for college teams when I was nine years old. So I wasn't just, you know, some kid playing. I was a, an avid player. We thought I was going to go to, to college on soccer scholarships. Soccer scholarships. And, you know, I thought I'd play in the, the world cup you know what i mean i mean this is what was going through my head as a kid and now all of a sudden i can't they're talking to amputation and all this stuff and so their only treatments were uh you know they're talking to amputation my parents were, were like no and again we were believers but um i wasn't wasn't really sure what to think and i was in so much pain and um their, my parents said no, so their only real treatments were to do lumbar blocks and epidurals mm -hmm. to try to stop the pain and to try to get circulation. My leg would turn, literally was black from just no no circulation. That's part of why they wanted to amputate. And so they were doing those seven days a week, every day. And um, it got to the point where um, even those weren't working. They were giving me so much medication and finally... Um, and giving me all these shots in my back, uh, I told them, you know, these these shots aren't working, and they didn't believe me. I was a nine-year-old kid, you know. And my mom and dad uh, were just concerned because they were giving me so much medication, and um, they told my parents they were giving me enough medication for 11 pregnant women. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, my mom and dad, my mom said, she told me, she said, we thought they were going to kill you. They were giving you so much. And I just said, you know, this this isn't working. Well, they didn't believe me, and they kept on giving it to me. Well, finally, one day, um, and giving me the medication, the the medication started to squirt back out at them. Oh my! So that's when they knew it it really wasn't working. But they tried to. Um, they said the scar tissue had built up, so they tried to break through the scar tissue, and in doing so, they uh, they damaged my spinal cord and severed my spinal cord and then on top of that they I had a reaction to an a different medication they were giving me and ended up uh, quadriplegic and so I went from being an avid sports player to not being able to do anything for myself and um, so you know I went from you know just having a hurt leg which alone made me very uh, feel very isolated and very hurt and angry to now uh, now I was just, you know, sitting there, standing up in the ceiling, being even more angry and more hurt and more alone and more questioning of this God who had saved me now. Like, why? Why is this happening to me? Uh, really questioning why. And um, I was a real smart alecky, though, with God. Really angry, not just angry with God, but angry with people and people who were trying to be nice and take care of me. Um, I wasn't very nice back to them. We appreciate your tuning in. You're listening to God's Story on WGNZ with Chaplain Lynn speaking with Renee Ray. If you want information, you can email me at chaplainlynnradio at gmail.com. Now, Renee, you were saying how you were feeling so angry, and there probably was nothing could help you through that anger. 
No, and again, I at was... At that point. I was people trying to help me and trying to be so nice and trying to take care of me, and yet I was just... I was very bitter and very angry and trying to pray, but yet just really angry with God. And um, one day I, I was just asking God, why? Why? But just in a very sarcastic, very bitter way. And I remember um, just kind of having my own little pity party. You know, I think we've all had those. Yes. And so um, he got just kind of back in my face and he said, stop asking me why. And so... How did you hear the Lord? Was that in your mind, or how did you hear those right, words? Right, it was just kind of in my in my mind. I heard him say, stop asking me why, and it just kind of was just an abrupt stop, stopped me in, in my thinking. And um, I remember just sitting there like, wow, what, what? And he said, stop asking me why and start asking me how. Wow. And I'm like, how, what? Like, I'm just be, I'm just being honest of how I was thinking, just being real sarcastic. I was being just real sarcastic back at God. How, what? And he said, start asking me how you can serve me through this. And I'm sitting there thinking, I can't even brush my own teeth. And you want me to, so I'm thinking of a waitress. And I'm like, you want me to serve you and I can't do anything on my own. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. And he told me a scripture and I later found it. It's in John six twenty nine. He said, this is the work of God. Believe on the one whom he sent. Believe on the one whom he sent. He was telling me just to believe in Jesus. And it just. You know, I'm sitting there being sarcastic at God, and he's just telling me to believe in Jesus, the one of me sitting. And I'm like, believe in Jesus. Like, I'm thinking, you, you know how you do this. All this stuff's going through your head. And I'm like, well, I I might not be able to brush my teeth or do anything else, but I, I can believe. I think I, I, I think I can do that. Well, it's, it's so simple. You know, all the things that God wants from us is so simple. He just wants us to be willing and obedient. It's so simple. We're the ones who make it so, like, we've got a, you know, got this 12-step program. No, it's so simple. Believe on the one whom he sent. But yet, it's really, it's an issue of belief. What do we believe? Do we believe what he tells us or or, or, or not. And so that really began a journey for me, believing him and believing his word. And so I really started believing in, and he, he's a healer and he's a, he's done, he did so many things. And so I was reading these stories and in these stories, he healed people and he sent them away whole. And he would tell that he told this woman, your faith made you whole. And I'm like, well, and, and some people, some people would come and they'd pray for me and they'd say, well, you'll get healed when you get to heaven. Cause you know, some people, you know, they think, well, you didn't get healed now, so you'll get healed. And I'm like, well, I don't want to wait till I get to heaven. Cause that seems way too far off for me. And so I read one day in the Psalms, it's Psalms 116, nine, and it says, you'll walk before the Lord in the land of the living. 
And it just shocked me one day. And I'm like, wow, your promises really are true. I can walk, if I can walk before the Lord in the land of the living, the land of the living is here. So I'm like, well, then I'm taking hold of that for me now. That promise is for me for here on earth. And then Psalms 27, it talks about how the goodness of the Lord is in the land of the living. And so all these promises just kept leaping up at me off of his word. And I'm like, okay, God. If these are real, then I, I want I want what your cross did for me here on earth. I want your promises to be real for me here. And so I started believing. Because he said to believe on the one whom he sent. Well, Jesus, I'm believing you. And I'm believing this word. In John 1, 1, it says that he was the word sent to us. And so I'm believing your word. And I'm believing him for here. And I'm believing him for now. Hebrews 1, or 11.1 says that now faith is, so I'm believing them for here and now, the land of the living. And so that's what I started doing. And so, um, and it's it sounds so simple, but yet it's not always so simple. People tell you things and you're like, well, is this right or is that right? What we know is his word is true. His word's forever settled. And so that's what I started doing, believing in the one whom he sent. And so... It was a long journey for me. Um, I was injured when I was nine. My junior year of high school, I was bedridden. Couldn't even sit in my wheelchair. Um, and during that year, the Lord told me to go on a, a three-day fast. Well, when you have people that feed you and do all this stuff, that wasn't an easy thing to get to do. But he told me to go on a three-day fast, and it, was, um, it wasn't even for myself. I was fasting for... Um, some kids in Africa is what I remember it to be about what, um, that's, that's what I did. And during the fast, the Lord spoke to me and he told me, um, I couldn't wear a shoe on my right leg. I had a foot drop real bad and I couldn't wear a shoe. And he told me to have surgery on my foot so that when he healed me, I could have shoes on both my feet. Well, I had to get my mom to agree to get me to go to the doctor to go to a surgeon to where I could tell the surgeon that he needed to do surgery on my foot so that when this quadriplegic girl is healed, that she can wear a shoe on both her foot. Well, you can about imagine how crazy that sounds. My mom has said, Renee, the insurance isn't even going to agree to get you to have the surgery, let alone the doctor do it. But, but we went, we went through all these steps and I go to this doctor and even talking to the nurse, I wasn't even sure she was going to send the doctor in the room because she, I could tell she thought that I had lost my mind. And, um, so I thank God the Lord says that we have the mind of Christ. So she she does eventually send the doctor, and I talk to the doctor that I, I'm laying, you have to realize I'm on a gurney. I had to be taken by an ambulance on a gurney, talking to this doctor, telling him I need to have surgery on my foot so that when Jesus, who took stripes on back for, for our healing, when he heals me and I get up and walk one day, I need to be able to wear two shoes. Did, did the insurance pay for it? Well, after <laughs> they... It, it went, it was a long process. At first, the doctor said that he, 
he didn't feel comfortable doing it. And he wanted to know that I understood that my having surgery on my foot wasn't going to make me be able to walk. I said, well, if I thought that was going to make me able to walk, I'd ask you to do it a long time ago. Oh, totally. And then he wanted, he said, well, with all of your health conditions, I need to make sure that um, all of your other doctors here at Children's Hospital, um, they all agree that you're healthy enough to undergo the surgery. So you have to meet with a board of all these other doctors. And they have to all agree that you understand that this isn't going to make you able to walk. So I had to get, I had to go through a bunch of red tape to even have the surgery. So we went through all of that. My mom thought that because I had to meet with all these board of doctors that that was it. Because she didn't think that I would talk to all those doctors in front of all of them. So I went. I went on a gurney in front of a board of all these doctors. We did all that. Even after I met with the board, he still didn't want to do it. He said, if you still want the surgery in six months, then I'll, then we'll schedule it. I said, no, I want it on the books now because Jesus told me, and you have to realize that it didn't make sense to me either. Because when God told me, I said, God, if you're going to heal me, why don't you just heal me? Why do I have to have surgery? Like, that doesn't make sense to my mind either. But um, I was just being willing and obedient. And so... Um, I went and, and did the surgery, and so right before my senior year of high school, the end of the summer that year, after the six-month waiting period, he did the surgery, and so I could wear a shoe. And so I go back to go ahead. So I go back to school my senior year. I'd missed my whole junior year bedridden. I go back to school my senior year, and I've got this cast on my foot where I've had surgery. So I can wear a shoe and everybody's like, you know, what's going on? And so I tell everybody my whole senior year, I said, I'm going to walk across stage at graduation because Jesus took stripes for my healing and he's going to heal me and I'm going to walk across stage. So everybody thought that I'd lost my mind. You have to realize I have to have an aide. I can't write my own notes. I can't do anything for myself. I have to have an aide that takes me from class to class. And so everybody thinks that I have just gone way off the deep end with my faith. Okay. And what the Lord's done and what this all means to me. So that's that was my confession. Well, I go through the whole year. I get to the end of the school year, prom night. Everybody's like, are you going to walk across stage at graduation? I said, I don't know. You have to wait and see. So graduation comes and goes. And I don't walk across stage at graduation. But I still believe. I said, I'm going to walk one day. I still believe that. And so I go on. I go to... Um, get to my freshman year of college and I ended up getting extremely sick. I ended up spending a week in intensive care, January, 2001, get very sick. I get out of the hospital on a Friday night and I want to go to church on Sunday. And my mom says, Renee, it's cold. You don't need to go. You need to stay home and have wisdom. Well, I cried all Sunday morning and she knows that's just not like me. And so by Sunday afternoon, she agrees to take me to church that Sunday night. And so she, um, we get there and the pastor's preaching on past revivals. And at the end of the service, um, at this time I'm 18 and a half. Okay. A freshman in college. And, um, so she asked if anybody in our youth group wants to come and pray over our youth. And so two or three kids went up and she says, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And when she said that, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, I'm waiting on you. And so I turned on my wheelchair and I drove up to the front. Well, these kids are praying. I mean, they're praying with passion and with fire. 
And I remember she gets over to me and she looks down at me. You have to realize I just got out of intensive care. I can barely whisper. So I don't have this big passionate prayer to pray. I, I don't have hardly the energy to, to say anything. And she looks down at me before she puts the mic in front of my face. And she's like, Renee, are you sure you want to pray? Because she knows I don't have the energy. I don't have this big passionate fire in my belly right now. And But I knew the Lord had set me up there. And all I did with sincerity and and I still mean it. All I said was, Lord, thank you for what you've done for me and what you brought me through. And the next thing I know is I feel this electric jolt from heaven go through me. And I took a hand that I could barely move before and I unbuckled a seatbelt. I had a Bible on my lap. And um, I don't recommend throwing your Bible, but it was at that point it was in my way and I threw it out of my way. And I got up and I started walking. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how beautiful. How beautiful. And um, I've been going ever since. Oh, praise the Lord. And um, it, you could hear, uh, if I had the recording, you can hear seven trumpets blow. People thought that the rapture was happening and they either ran to the altar or they ran out of the back. Um, but it was beautiful and... Um, You know, it was an instantaneous healing of the paralysis and all of that, but I broke my leg. And people think, well, what do you mean you broke your leg? Well, I ended up, I had to go back to that doctor who had done surgery on my foot, who um, had only ever seen me on a stretcher. And so I go into the waiting room and they call my name and the girl said, no, no, no. I called for Renee Ray and I said, yeah, that's me. Well, her mouth literally dropped for, to the floor and she starts backing away from me. And she said, um, uh, um, can you hold on a minute? And she literally, she, she went back in the back and she, they never came out and got me. My dad literally had to go knock on the door an hour and a half later for them to come and get me. Scared them out of their minds. They, they never thought they'd see the quadriplegic girl who told them Aww. that Jesus was going to heal Come in there, standing on crutches. And even when I went back there, I'd crushed my femur. They kept telling me to stand up over and over again. Um, so I got to share with them what God had done and just want to share. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There's patient endurance. Um, if you want to contact me to come and share my testimony, uh, my phone number is 513-203-3695, or you can contact me by email at healed, H-E-A-L-E-D-114 at yahoo.com. Praise the Lord. Boy, we are so just overflowing with uh, gratitude for your uh, encouragement, the encouraging words that you just shared with us. What a wonderful, powerful testimony. We just bless the Lord, and we just thank you so much, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today to God's Story. We pray that you have been blessed. Make sure that you tune in next Wednesday at the same time, 1.30 p.m., for another edition of God's Story. If you'd like to reach God's Story, you can email chaplainlynradio at gmail.com. Jesus made peace through the blood of his cross to reconcile all things unto himself. Part of that all things is you and me. 
To reconcile is to restore to union and friendship after estrangement. God's deepest desire is to be close to you and to share his heart with you. He desires a deep, intimate relationship with you, wanting to walk and talk with you day by day. He does walk with us and talks with us through his written word, the Bible. The Bible tells God's story through the ages. God has a story that he would like to impart into your life. He loves to make himself known to his children. May your heart be open and may your eyes see God's gracious, loving hand move in your life today. Isn't it wonderful while living here on this earth that the creator of the universe who made you and me wants to be part of our lives? Jesus brought restoration of what has been stolen from us, true peace while living on this earth. John 14:27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The lovely hymn written by Warren Cornell, Wonderful Peace has these words, Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above, Sweep over my spirit, forever I pray, in fathomless billows of love. This is Chaplain Lynn saying, Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling. Up.